just because we work with loans doesn't mean we have to be lonely. Dealmaking is an art form that requires strong personal relationships. I had a friend who worked in real estate that I called the resurrector. Every time a deal was near death, she would call a meeting with the decision makers. As if by magic, by the end of the meeting, the decision makers would find renewed hope in proceeding. I was awestruck. What made her able to do this? I'll come back to that. On the other hand, I also had the chance to witness another colleague consistently kill deals. The first meeting was always great and the client seemed to love him. However, it was a tainted love, a one-hit wonder experience. When the second meeting was done, the clients usually walked away. Why did this happen so much? We'll get to that too. Welcome to the eighth episode of Ready, Set, Debt. I'm Ulrika Lobo, Director of Sparrow Loans, a private property lender in Australia. We've all heard the phrase, it's not personal, it's just business. I've never understood that phrase, especially in relationship-based businesses. Despite what it seems, financial services are deeply based on the strength of relationships. For example, private lending is based on trust. Trust that the lender has the funds and can settle on time, and that the borrower will repay the loan on time. There are a lot more complex needs and expectations throughout this process. There are a lot of non-negotiable factors when workshopping a deal. Still, one of the main reasons the third-party channel is so effective at driving business to lenders is because they're acting on behalf of the borrower. They have spent time understanding the client, their needs and their position, and the broader market to save their client cost, time and hassle when sourcing funds. The private lending industry can be criticized for being too transactional, but it does deliver results. Simply transaction-based management may not create loyalty or a pleasant experience, but it will get the job done. Focusing on delivering results without the bells and whistles is a form of relationship that works for some, but it might be all you can do in an urgent situation. To focus on purely monetary comparables and timeliness can win you the confidence for the client for that deal, and those things are crucial. Their deal qualifies, but there's so much more to the experience of a financial commitment. Leaving the other things on the table is not winning the deal, but rather a short-sighted approach. Daniel Kahneman, a Nobel Prize winner, disproved that humans are rational beings. While there are transactional elements to deal-making, deal-winning needs a more emotional and personal approach. More people will make decisions that cause less pain than an alternative. Which is a better way to approach this than a simple price comparison. Therefore, it's indeed harder to gain new business than push for repeat business. You have to offer a solution and experience that is better than what they already have. The pain of walking away must be worth the pain of moving on. Businesses will take a considered and deliberate approach. They can be price sensitive, but understanding value can challenge the price of things. This is where my deal-winning colleague, the Resurrector, sways decision-making through creating positive emotions around working with her at every touch point. She always aligns herself with the interests of the client, highlighting aspects of her offer that suit the client and uses it to build trust. She would then use the trust she built to guide the process towards a mutual benefit by highlighting what could happen to the project if they don't proceed to. The process of meeting with her and working with her creates a value add for the clients as they believe she's working in their best interest, which she is. They may choose a more expensive offer on the back of her advice based on this. The other approach, the one-hit wonder, will appeal to our reward-seeking limbic system that responds positively to overpromising. 
However, the misalignment would be evident by the second meeting when he tried to adjust expectations, which hurts the deal as it is less attractive than what was initially discussed. The backtracking that inevitably happens when you overpromise breaks the illusion of a great reward and destroys the trust that was built in the first meeting. The clients realize that you can't trust the one-hit wonder, and the first meeting was just a sales tactic. Albeit, it can work to gain the initial commitment of signing a mandate when clients are desperate to believe the promise, but it doesn't create a harmonious working relationship downstream. The clients will feel trapped and won't be back again. Furthermore, they will be discussing their frustrations with all that would listen. In other countries, playing the odds can work for a long time, but in Australia, it is a relatively small market. Particularly in private lending, I've found that you will bounce clients between other lenders and most brokers know most lenders. It's indeed a small world. This also means that you will build a reputation for yourself quickly. Self-interest can be evident when a lender or broker aggressively negotiates their fees without consideration of the deal. When I see a large brokerage fee on a deal, I can predict that the client will call me at some point prior to settlement and ask if we can cut the broker out. However, as a lender, I do point them back to the broker to negotiate the fee as it's not my place. The broker and the client both know that they will never work together again. I've also witnessed good brokers with clients that try to cut them out, and I think this happens when the client relationship is not strong enough. The broker's relationship management style has not convinced the client that they are working for a mutual benefit and are aligned with them, or they haven't provided the value that met the client's specific expectations. Rarely do I see a great broker and great client asking to be separated leading up to settlement. These situations can be extrapolated to lending too. Unfortunately, from time to time, you don't have the best value offer, and no matter the strength of the personal relationship, the client can be lost. However, if you have managed the relationship well and an outcome doesn't work in your favor, the client will give you a look-in for their next project. The one-hit wonder rarely gets a second chance and remains blissfully unaware of the opportunities they have lost. A study by Google and the CEB Marketing Leadership Council found that B2B customers are significantly more emotionally connected to their vendors and service providers than B2C consumers. Unlike consumer decisions, which are generally low risk, businesses have more at stake. In private lending, for example, they could lose their assets or business if they cannot repay a loan. As a result, a business owner needs a substantial emotional connection to help overcome this risk. This disrupts a lot of transactional-based thinking as well as predictive microeconomic models based on assumptions of a rational buyer. Humans are more social animals than economic machines. Ignoring the social element will only get you results in certain situations, when you're churning and burning, or when you're serendipitously at the right place at the right time with the right deal. Focusing on building trust, having empathy, understanding the consequences of actions for both sides will create a deal-winning strategy. One-sided approaches can work when the other party is not able to negotiate better terms, but the long-term effect of the one-sided approach is that it does not create relationships that last because there is no trust. Some things can assist in creating a trustworthy perception of a financial service. Things like the number of years in business, online reviews, and branding can create a trustworthy front. The ability to quickly create trust in your business is very important, but maintaining a relationship requires more than this. I know that most people struggle with this in private lending as there's a focus on the interest rate. 
However, all borrowers want the best rate they can get until they understand the trade-off against other factors. I can confidently say that there have been deals that I have won that were much more expensive than competitor offers. The value offering to the client is about more than just an interest rate. Things like flexibility, fairness of terms and patience are hard to put a price on and comes down to the client's bias. Good relationship managers understand that there is a difference between what people want and need and what someone feels they want and need. It's quite complicated and a strong skill. A genuine relationship-based approach will be able to sell a deal that may be 2-3% to more expensive than an alternative offer by understanding their client. More than this, the client will happily sign the offer knowing they're getting what they feel they need. If you live by the it's not personal rule, just remember that business is personal. We are working for ourselves and for a benefit in most situations. It's just business does not excuse bad behavior, but it is a great platitude to soothe ourselves when we choose to act only in our own interest. The other side of that interaction will remember it differently. Besides, the quote comes from the movie The Godfather. Are we all running mobs or are we servicing clients? Thank you for listening to our latest episode on Ready, Set, Debt. I'm Ulrika and I hope you have a lovely weekend. 